Alright, welcome to Old Town New World. Here we are in Old Town Rock Hill, South Carolina at Millstone Pizza. I'm Jason Broadwater and my cohort Chris Gervais is out of the area. He's down in Florida uh, with his main woman. So um, I'm surrounded by other people. I'm, they're kind of scary. I'm not sure exactly who they are, but um, I know they work in the same building that I do. Um, on my far one side, I've got John. John, say hello. Hello. I've got Robin, Logan, and I've got David. I think I think we met before. And we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of small town. Hey, no, okay. We've been talking about a couple things here. We've been talking about uh, YouTube videos. Yeah, I mean, apparently the internet has this uh, YouTube website that has videos on it. So, but other than that, uh, we were talking about the big Apple event that happened recently, um, and and we are in no way experts on uh, what Apple's trying to push out. But um, it's it's been an interesting conversation, and we've also been talking about uh, Minecraft a little bit. So, I'm going to start us out with talking about Apple. So I'm going to see who can jump in and talk about any of the devices that, they, that they've put forward uh, in the last day. Um, one of them is, is called the iPhone 6, I think. A telephone? Um, I'm not sure if that's one of the features. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, that, I know that it does a lot of other things. Um, and it's bigger. One of them is bigger. They're both bigger. So what's the deal with bigger? Everybody want bigger phones? I don't. I am personally. I'm stuck on the iPhone 4 as the pinnacle of what the iPhone will be. Maybe, I, maybe that makes me a luddite. I don't know. Right. But um, I know the the new iPhone looks really cool and it's big and um, supposedly the commerce stuff is really easy, like fingerprint to buy kind well, of stuff. That's the one aspect of this that I can uh, talk about. So I'm, let's circle back around to that in a little bit. Um, I'm excited about the Apple Pay uh, thing. I think that's very interesting. But um, let's talk about the, the hardware and software a little bit more. Um, who, what, what kind of phones do you, John, what kind of phone do you have? Uh, currently I have an iPhone 4S, but uh, I'm pretty sure by the end of the year I will have a 6. Oh, really? Why? Uh, well, my contract to renew for the lowered price has been up for a little while and I've actually just been waiting on them to come out with the 6. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like just might as well and then it will have some extra features and stuff so it might as well. Yeah, might as well. I mean, I think they said it was $200 for uh, the 6 with the contract okay. which really isn't that bad. Yeah, that's great. Well, John, I know you're um, our lead developer at Revenflow and um, the thing that you seem to be most excited about is advancements that they continue to make in... Um, opening things to developers. So, so tell me what, what that is. Well, uh, the advancements that are coming for developers are not coming specifically with the iPhone 6, but with iOS 8. Okay. Which yeah, one? IOS, let me, so we got some viewers <laughs> that don't know what iOS 8 means. Like, what's the difference between an iPhone 6 and an iOS 8? Like, what's the difference? Okay. Uh, iOS is the software that runs the phone, and this is on all iPhones. It also is on iPads or uh, iPod Touches or, or whatever. Um, and they're just releasing the new version to come out with the phone. But this will also work on existing phones all the way down to a 4S. Can I use this on my BlackBerry? 
Uh, what's a BlackBerry? What's a, what's a software? Is that like an operating system? <laughs> so any, anywho, so the iOS 8 is going to open up a lot of options for developers. So what does that mean? What is an option for a developer? What does that mean? Okay. Um, well, when you're developing on a platform, there are interfaces that are made by the company that built the platform for what you can interact with. Well, with every new release of iOS software, they um, add new things you can interact with. So they're basically making it easy for you to develop new tools and, and that you can put on their platform. In other words, things you can put in the iTunes store, right? Right. Um, so some of the stuff that they're going to add, they're going to streamline how you do particular things so that instead of having to write 50 lines of code, you get to do it in one line of code and you get to go about your business and not have to worry about all the intricacies. So they basically see what developers are struggling with when they're building apps and what they're trying to do and they can say, okay, well everybody's trying to you know achieve this little goal all the time and so we can package that down into one little line of code and they can now use that versus having to solve this problem over and over and over again. Is that kind of that's that's exactly it. Okay. Well, that's cool. So so is there going to be a pretty significant difference between what they have now and what they will have with iOS eight? Uh, I haven't looked at all the details, but I've seen several lists of new stuff and improvements, and it's a pretty lengthy list. That's cool. I think one of the cool things that Apple has done is, and, it, and I think it's under the radar for most people, even though everybody loves to you know add apps to their phone and they love the idea that there's apps, but to really think about that Apple has created a platform to where with a minimal barrier of entry, I mean a $99 developer license, you can develop an application and put it into the iTunes store and you can sell it or do in-app purchases or you know you can have a revenue model based on it or give it away for free. If you give it away for free, Apple charges you nothing. If you sell it, they keep 30% of anything that you sell. If you do in-app purchases in your app, like people can buy things in the app, they keep 30%. But but if it's free, they keep nothing. So to create a platform with almost zero, zero barrier to entry to let people just put out innovative tools and let people all over the world download them, that, that is just revolutionary. Yeah, it is. And actually, I, I think the biggest barrier to entry for, app, for Apple apps is, is actually the, um, the rules they have about the... Um, the way you have to design it and implement certain features, they, I mean, there's, there's a pretty high level of quality that your app has to meet in order to be accepted into the app store. And that's a good thing, I would argue. It's a great thing because the, it's never, I mean, there's, there's not, um, there's always developers that are creating, that have interesting ideas and stuff. But Apple has the bar of making it usable. Yeah. And which and, is I important. mean, you got usability. You've got. Um, Security, you got all kinds of stuff. Right. I mean, something can't get in. The, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but something can't get in the iTunes store that is crappily made and a threat, an obvious threat to your security. It wouldn't get signed by Apple, right? Uh, right. Uh, anytime you submit something to the the App Store, it actually takes about a week for them to come back and say this has been approved or this has not been approved, and they'll give you a list of reasons why they didn't approve it for you to fix. Uh, but they have kind of like a minimum has to do this, this, and this to be able to pass. Yeah. 
Well, like I downloaded the app the other day, and, um, and we're actually looking at one of the apps we're building, looking at doing something similar. But I connected uh, my banking account to this app, and I didn't hesitate. Because I downloaded it from the iTunes store, from Apple, on my iPhone, I opened it, and I put in my uh, Bank of America credentials and attached my bank account. I didn't hesitate one bit. Because there's that, the level of trust that you have. Yes, there. Apple provides that level of trust. That's exactly right, yeah. Uh, and that, that you know, uh, we'll see the same thing when we start talking about uh, Apple Pay. But before I do that, I want to talk about, uh, I know Micah, you in particular, Silent Micah, um, was in particularly interested in the phone. I mean, excuse me, the watch. Yeah, I think most of the time, everything I read online, everybody seems to think that the watch is the worst idea ever and it's stupid. And uh, I, I, I've always felt that way about previous te- technology. I felt that way about the iPod and then the iPhone and then the iPad, all of which I eventually got. Um, but for some reason, I don't know why, but I guess I think it's because of um, like Get Smart or something like that. Like I've always wanted to wear a watch that was amazing so let me ask because you said that you like the idea does that mean it's doomed to fail by <laughs> prince i mean yeah well it's probably i mean it might be doomed to fail by the fact that everyone seems to hate it so i think right. that's more of a factor I, I i don't hate it but i i'm intrigued by it um i feel like everything that um it's gonna offer is is meant to sort of complement what an iphone can already do and um a lot of it has to do with like feedback about your body and stuff and so I'm sure some people will be interested in that but I don't think everyone will be um, I also saw that the first app that <laughs> is in the marketplace for the phone is like a uh, an arm wrestling app did you guys uh, see that uh-uh. yeah and it also it sort of like makes sounds as you like win or start That's to lose hilarious. but here my question is like won't it smash your watch <laughs> <laughs> well they make it out of very tough uh, glass stuff it's arm wrestling proof, officially. <laughs> but um, so you know, obviously there's an opportunity for health-related apps uh, with the you know products that already exist. You know that you wear around your wrist and it tracks all kinds of health-related stuff. Um, and I think that's where everybody's mind goes. But there's another thing, <clears throat> you know, this sounds silly when you say it out loud, but if you really start to think about it, I have to reach in my pocket to do what? <laughs> like how many things that I want to do? Do I have to reach in my pocket first? I can't be bothered to reach into my pocket. I know, it sounds so silly, but if you think about, like, um, it's like, you know, the amount of, of um, change-driving technologies that are basically based on small kind of convenience-changing behavior. You know, carrying a pocket when you're dressed up, uh, when a woman's dressed up and she's carrying a um, phone and she's got to put it in her back pocket or does it go in her purse or got to dig in there and get out of the purse. Oh, wow, like, yeah, that's you know, true. There's a lot of things that are just have it in your pocket or do I have it in my car? A lot of times I have my phone plugged into my car because uh, I'm listening to my uh, music on my phone in my car and then I get out and I leave it in the car and I come inside and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't have my phone. Well, what if I came inside and my phone was still out in my car but if somebody called me, it showed up on my watch, and I didn't need my phone. I mean, I don't know well, exactly that's one. I think the watch is part of it, but that's a big thing they announced too. Is that um, say your phone's downstairs if you have a two-story or eight-story building. We'll say you have an eight-story building. Your phone's on the first floor charging, and you're on the eighth floor, but you have your other Apple products because you've bought. If you if you have one, you have multiple. Right, um, yes. So you have your iPad or your MacBook or whatever. If somebody calls you in the next Yosemite, I think, I guess is the new operating system. 
and it'll match up with iOS 8. So it's like, it's supposed to be continuous where you can, you can answer the phone on your computer or your iPad. You can walk down to your phone and like seamlessly swap over to your phone. Right. Kind of like Bluetooth. Like I have a problem with Bluetooth in my car. Um, if I go, <laughs> if my car's not locked um, and I walk out, it's funny. I don't know why locking it changes this, but if I, it's not locked and I walk out to the parking lot and I'm pacing around talking on the phone, if I get close to my car, it'll jump off my phone onto my car. Oh, really? And um, I, I won't be able to hear the person, and I'll hear them inside my car <laughs> talking inside my car. And, I'm, and I have to lock my car with my key fob, and it comes back onto my phone. That's crazy. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that idea of the reason it does that is because it's intentionally doing that. Because if I came and sat in my car, the idea is, okay, That's I would... That's what you would want. Yeah, yeah I would want. Right. I sit down, and then it jumps on the car. I put my phone up. I crank the car. I drive off, and I'm still talking in the conversation. And, that's, and that made sense when they designed it, but... And the best technologies are always trying to anticipate like what yeah. you what you yeah. want to do. That's, a, I mean, it's, this is very similar, but it also... So if you have your iPhone and you're, um, you're writing an email, and then you, as you're writing it, you walk and sit down at your computer... I think now it's, it'll send you a little pop-up and be like, do you want to continue this email on your computer? Wow. So that's part of iOS 8, part of the software. And yeah, and Yosemite. Yosemite? Uh, so iOS 8 is coming out next week. I don't know when Yosemite is coming out. It's very, it might be the same time, but it's the new operating system for Mac computers. So it's like, you know, they have all of them before have been named after cats, and then there was Maverick. So now Yosemite, I don't know what they're naming it. I guess, I don't know what parks or whatever. That's cool. I think it's um, the thing that I saw. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, the thing that I saw for Yosemite was that it is releasing this fall, and odds are it probably is going to coincide with iOS 8. Okay. But I think what they're doing is is, is transitioning over to Looney Tunes characters, right? To what? Looney Tunes characters. <laughs> Yosemite Sam. I think that's accurate. Yes, yeah, I, I would say that is a guarantee. And, like and Maverick record. from uh, Top Gun, the other Looney Tune character favorite. I would like to go on record that That's Top Gun characters and Looney Tune characters will always be the name of Apple products from now on. That's my prediction for 2014. Dude, that's Looney Tunes. <laughs> okay, so I'd like to talk about Apple Pay because I think Apple Pay is the, um, well, I tell, you, I tell you what, actually, I think that the developer um, innovations are actually the most important that are under the radar. Everybody's going to be looking at the watch um, and the new iPhone 6, you know, whatever number they're at. It's like Jaws 6, you know. But um, but the, app, the application stuff with the developers is a game changer, and Apple Pay is going to be a game changer because, if you, you know, basically what it is is that you would pay with your phone, right? And... Um, but the important thing about this is not just that you would walk through the grocery store line and instead of getting out your credit card, which is already insanely digital, you know, you swipe it yourself and you whatever, it's already digital. So what's the difference between pulling out your phone and pulling out your credit card? It's still digital. The difference is the blurring of the lines of um, online and offline um, behavior. You know, so if you whether you're standing in front of someone who's handing you the product or whether you're buying it from you know zappos with the apple pay it there's no difference you know i mean yes you would hold it above a device potentially but 
you put your finger on it, which recognizes your, uh, this is the way I understand it at least, recognizes your, your fingerprint, and you just initiate that purchase, whether the person's handing you the thing or whether you're going to get mailed the thing later, and like, it's all just kind of the same thing, same process. Are you saying that <coughs> if I use this and I, I buy it from someone in front of me using this Apple Pay, that I'm actually buying it online? Essentially, I mean, what, but what's the difference? Think about it. When I go into the grocery store and I r swipe my card in that little machine, I mean, I'm not handing anybody any cash anyway. Right. But, but we had this, <coughs> excuse me, we had this psychology of the difference between, oh, I bought that online. Oh, no, I bought that in, in person. Well, you know, Amazon can get you, Zappos can get you something in less than 24 hours, you know what I mean? So that's going to be the only difference is when you actually touch the product. You know, the way that you, that you transfer credits to sound kind of big brotherish, you know, the way you transfer money, or we can call them at this point credits, is just going to be a digital transfer based on touching a screen. And Wait, did you just try and eliminate the concept of money just now? Basically, yes. <laughs> I've eliminated money. You're like, this is official. Money or basically credits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's not as important as the Looney Tunes um, prediction. I mean, I would say they're about neck and neck. I'm going with Looney Tunes. So, but um, so I think Apple Pay, and the thing is, is if somebody else came up with this, it'd be a great idea. But how in the world do you implement it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, technically, they have like it's on. This thing exists on Android phones. I read a lot of hateful, uh, whatever, like Wired.com uh, comments and stuff like that. So, and everybody's saying like, oh, this has been existing. This existed for six months or a year or whatever. But the thing is. Nobody like nobody uses it, so I mean it's you know it's possible too. No one's going to use the Apple Pay, but it seems like they're it's possible. They're also both using the same technology, I think. So whoever can pull up the other. Well, here's the thing, and, and maybe this can't happen without Steve Jobs, but hopefully it can because if you think about the iPod, which was the rebirth, the second rebirth of Apple, you know, it was because there were MP3 players before, I mean, I had one. It was it was crappy, it's complicated, big, yeah. like, I, how do I get my music on it? Like, I don't know, why don't I just listen to a CD? This is hard, I mean, I've got a stack of CDs already, like, I have a CD changer in my trunk, remember those? You know, I already have all that, like, why, why do I need this computer device that makes everything more difficult? Nobody used them. And then Apple came out with the iPod. It, all it was was an MP3 player, but it was done so well, and it was, it was, it became, you know, I mean, somewhat ubiquitous in a matter of a couple of years. You know, and that wasn't that long ago. It was like 2004 or something. I mean, I don't know. I, I should look that up. But. Yeah, I mean, that's not that long ago, man. That everybody has, like, switched over it to was, that It phenomenon. was literally 10 years ago. I know. And think about it. In, in, 10, in 10 short years, the whole idea of touch-driven devices being kind of the center of the way that we communicate, navigate, everything. I mean, it has taken over everything. And it all started with the first iPod, which evolved into the iPhone, and, well, and from there. They still have the iPod Classic, which looks like the iPod from 10 years ago. And they're still valuable because the iPhones, yeah, they have a bunch of new features, but they don't have massive amounts of storage. The way the iPod Classic still stays around is it has 
two, three times the amount of storage that an iPhone has. Because right. oh. it's for a single purpose, you know. I have it. Okay, yes. So, David, why do you have an iPod? Uh, I, I still have the iPod Classic just because, you know, I have a crazy lot of music. Um, and I can't fit it all on my iPhone, so, and I, you know, I want to keep it all in one place so I can shuffle all. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's an important feature. I remember when I first got an iPod, I was like, man, this is so frustrating that, like, I can't just listen to an album. It's like putting the album in, the songs on the album in alphabetical order. It's like, I, I just couldn't, I think I made a playlist once I, uh, left the playlist. I couldn't come back and continue where I was. Like, I was so old school. It just, the whole thing seemed so radically different, but it was all based on songs versus albums. And it was just based on a whole new way to consume music. And it was, uh, it was part of the revolution to, remuse, to remove media from physical objects. And, and to remuse physical media. Also, yes, to remuse anything, really, yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Anything could be remused at this point. So, but to take, like, the idea that a album it was a piece of vinyl and that had and, and you didn't think that there oh there's music on the album no it was just an album a CD was a CD you didn't think oh there's music on the CD like is it in it or is it on it like no you're just like it was a CD it's a really um you know it's a really confusing when you start getting adverbs involved with it, it. Yeah. is <laughs> but but the idea that you would separate the content like the the music from the actual physical medium altogether and that the song has nothing to do with the medium by which you would uh, the, you know, listen to it. You know, was was revolutionary, man. It really was. And now that seems so normal and commonplace. But people could barely get their heads around that when the iPod came out. I think the difference now is that people don't even care if they can get their heads around anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> heads have heads have definitely shrunk in recent times. You're right. Maybe that's just me. Maybe their heads are less round. <laughs> I, uh, I read an interesting article yesterday about how everything's been being pushed towards digital media and not physical media. Oh, hold on, you didn't read an article. Come on. No, I thought he said you wrote an article. I was no. like, no way. You read a whole article. I did. All right. I did. From beginning to end. From beginning to end. All right. And not just the cliff note, not the he, bullet points. He did it for the lulls. You read the, <laughs> you read the highlights and the bullet points of that. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's about how, like with with especially digital gaming, where it's you know, several gigs worth of content and how once you get above about six gigs, it actually leaves, because we're trying to like leave less of a footprint on the earth and, you know, use less resources. But apparently once you pass the six gig mark, it actually takes more resources to download it than it does to just print a physical copy. Wow. So you have to like, it's gas powered, you have to pull like a pull cord like that? Yeah. But yeah, the, the energy that it takes... Metaphorically. It's, it's coal, right? It's basically you're burning right. coal. Yeah. Right? So the energy that it takes to send it across the internet is more energy than it would have taken... Oh, that's insane. ...took to uh, produce the media. God, where's Ralph Nader when you need him? <laughs> he would be all over this I if know. he understood it. If he, yeah. Is he still alive? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure not sure, dude. He's got to be. He might be. He's definitely... Someone needs to call Ralph Nader. I think he's gas-powered. <laughs> I mean, in the cold. sense that we're all gas-powered. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and so, anywho, so Apple has this event, and unfortunately for them, I really feel... I know most people don't feel empathy for uh, large corporations, but somehow, amazingly, they feel it for Apple because they have somehow managed 
it's definitely when Steve Jobs was alive and, and somewhat since, managed to like not be McDonald's or Walmart, even though they are so, you know, in some ways, they're like the biggest of the big. They're the controlling of the controlling. I mean, they have the most lockdown systems and, and, and biggest market share of anybody, yet we don't have that like, oh my gosh, they're so corporate and horrible perspective about them. They seem cool and open and neat. Yeah, the thing that cracks, or not cracks me up, but I find interesting is the people that are on the opposite side are like in love with Google, who I feel is, it's the exact same way. So yeah, either way, you're in some sort of... Well, Google's the irony thing. is they were both like, they're both like open source, like compared to oh, Microsoft. They couldn't see your quote marks. They're both quote unquote open source. That's how they started out compared to Google, right? right. I mean, compared, compared to, to Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah. yeah. Especially compared to, to Microsoft. Microsoft has this entire background of being like this corporate infrastructure. Like when uh, they were first getting started at Microsoft, he was the one that pioneered, I want you to pay for my software. So they, they've been slow to adapt, but I mean, I, like they're so similar now, like Microsoft and Google and Apple in a lot of ways. I think. Yeah, you, you have these cute, huge corporate imp- in, yeah, these huge corporate entities that are making software, and we just use their software and consume it, and just assume that, oh yeah, right. this is like well, good I mean, for me, yeah, right? Once but, you have a platform, like it's in your interest to try and and maintain that. Yeah. Right? Well, any institution's number one goal is to continue, and their number two goal is whatever their number one goal used to be when they started. You know, um, self-preservation is is the name of the game. But, you know, that's why number one and number two is important. It's it's important to be number one at number two. <laughs> but um, because you know, keeps you regular. But um, but um, those companies provide us with incredibly useful and meaningful tools by which we do wonderful and powerful work. You know, Microsoft. I mean, can you imagine how much work good and bad to good and bad outcome that people have done using Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, and PowerPoint for like 25 years that those things dominated the world, you know? Let's take that back just one layer and just all the things that people have done on Windows right, yeah. or yeah. on Mac. Exactly. And step back another step and, it, and before, that, fire. before that it's was IBM. Well, I was going <laughs> to maybe not step, take that big of a step. <laughs> I was going to say IBM, but, oh, you, know, right. you know, similar. We don't, we don't need to know about your problems. <laughs> <laughs> you should do that later. We're podcasting. Uh, sorry, I know I brought up the number one and two. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so, anywho. <laughs> um, so, Apple had this problem when they uh, did their big event, right? Everybody, everything leads up to this big event. And Steve Jobs used to do such a great job, and everybody loved it. And, and Tim Cook, I think, by all accounts, did a good job too. But um, I don't know if y'all saw, but their live feed was broken, and they wouldn't. They dis apparently. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but they disallowed it on other browsers. So like, you couldn't see it on Google Chrome or Internet Explorer or what, Firefox, or whatever. But you could see it on. Uh, isn't that right? You could see it. On- yeah, you also couldn't see it. If you own a Droid, there's no way to watch it on it. If you, this is one I read. It said there's no way to watch it on a PC, even though it, it seems like you could download Safari. Does Safari still exist on a PC? Uh, Safari existed Safari. for a very short period of time. There still is a download. Okay, so in other words, okay, the only way to watch the Apple 
thing was to own an Apple. How am I ever going to be converted if exactly, I can't watch it? Exactly. So that seemed very strange and not that that didn't kind of sit well with us, you know. Not that I mean, I, you know, whatever. I mean, they're they can do whatever they want, but that just didn't sit well. And so they got to be careful with things not sitting well because I mean, a lot of the phenomenon of success is that people trust and believe in the brand so much that they'd wait in line for whatever they got, you know. So you got to be they got to be so careful with that. But anyway, so their live their live feed goes live, and uh, this big event starts happening, and everybody's anticipating it, and Twitter just blows up with um, the live feed's broken, and it's it's putting a uh, Chinese translator at like a really high volume over top of everything Tim really? Cook says. Oh my god! Yeah, and and it's it's broken, and people are going back and forth between seeing multicolored bars like used to when TV would stop at a certain time at night, like and it was just those bars. <laughs> Yeah, just ooh, in those bars, yeah. So uh, probably most people at this table don't remember that, but um, but um, God, um, we're so old. Y'all know that TV used to actually just stop at a certain time, but anyway, um, oh, okay, maybe not that guy. Yeah, but um, so anyway, it was either the bars or it would flip back to like Tim Cook talking, but it would be this Chinese lady speaking really loud, like really loud, and so Twitter was just exploding with. Tim Cook into a Chinese woman? Yes, basically, yes. He was, well, he was pre-op. But, um, they, they basically, I mean, Twitter exploded into, um, this, it turned so negative so fast. Yeah. And it became just like, I hope he's introducing a, um, live feed technology. You know, I hope he's introducing a, uh, Chinese translating technology. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm one of the people that, I guess, would get called out for, I, I mean, I do... I have a, I have a high success rate with my Apple products, so therefore I enjoy my Apple products. And I tuned in to watch it, and first was yeah told that I couldn't use Chrome, so I was like, I, I mean I never ever used Safari, so I, I opened it up, and then it wasn't working. And in my I thought it was because I was being forced to use, not Chrome, so I was I was immediately kind of like, thrown off on like I don't I mean I don't know, I just wanted to see, really I want to see about the watch because I'm the only person who cares about the watch, but. It sends you to a negative place automatically. I mean, I as well. I mean, I've had an amazingly positive experience with um, my Apple products. I mean, they're, they, it, it is not an understatement to say that Apple products have changed people's lives. I mean, they changed my life. Having an iPhone is an absolute uh, change in paradigm in the way you deal with things. I mean, like, you know, you don't make plans anymore. You use point-to-point communication. You're like, oh, I'll call you when I get there. I'll text you. I'll... Um, you know, oh, let me see where it is. Let me ask Siri. You know, whatever the case is, using that device has changed the human behavior. Yeah. Um, I, one thing for me, I put so much faith in the um, like the Apple Maps, um, and if if my phone ever stopped working, then I, it would just I would get lost in I don't know like Greenville or something, and I have no idea what I would do. Well, that was Apple's mistake for going away from Google Maps, but. That's that's a whole another conversation right there. No, I mean I like it. I mean I, I'm I haven't had any problems with the maps. You well, said you got lost. No, no I he said, said if I said if if my phone stopped working oh, at some point, lost. if okay. my phone died. Yeah. I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna point out real quick that there's only one person with a microphone, so you guys gotta like do it do a long mmm before you speak. <laughs> I'm glad you told our listening audience that. That's excellent. Mm, I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> Mm, I'd also like to comment on that. Mm, I'll think about it. 
See, I mean, you laugh, but this is working. I'm getting all the actual conversation now. Mmm, onions. I smell onions. <laughs> and garlic. Mm, good campus. <laughs> okay, well, we have absolutely not and probably should not open the can of worms of Microsoft wanting to buy Minecraft because this was supposed to be a podcast about uh, the Apple event, and I just threw in there at the beginning that we would also talk about Minecraft, but um, there's no I time. Really, I really wish we had talked about Minecraft instead of all this stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, maybe we should, like, maybe this was awful. Maybe we should throw this all away. <laughs> Wait. Wait. I mean, we could, we could totally make a podcast out of, out of Minecraft. Tune we in start next over. week. For <laughs> same bat time, same bat channel. Um, but I would like to thank the Rev and Flow crew developers. Uh, we, actually, that's what we have here. Microphone. Did you realize that we've got uh, the three develop? We have the development team from Revenflow here. It's about time. It's about time. But we appreciate you guys being here and um, to comment on kind of where Apple is on some of these devices and some of these applications that they're putting forward. And um, I guess we'll see you guys next week on Old Town New World. See you later. Have a good one. Bye.